My name is William Corliss and this is the Workplace Podcast. Brought to you in association with Yellowwood, providers of executive coaching, corporate training and facilitation. Your external learning and development partner. Each week we focus on a different aspect of the workplace. We hear from guest speakers who will be subject matter experts, who I believe are incredibly talented at what they do. These experts will give you a different perspective and insight to work life, with the aim of empowering you to take a different path to success in all aspects of work life. These perspectives will include career and personal success, leadership, high performance teams, and creating a better work life culture in your organization. Yellowwood, take a different path to success with your career, team, and organization. Welcome to the Workplace Podcast. Our guest today is Philip Matthews. As a former Ireland rugby captain, director of executive education and CEO, Philip Matthews combines his experience of leadership in sport and business with his executive development experience to deliver leadership development, executive team coaching and executive coaching. His passion is learning and personal growth and he is a challenging and supportive facilitator. So, Philip, welcome to the Workplace Podcast. Uh, how are you? I'm great, thanks, William. How are you? I'm I'm quite good. I'm quite good. And uh, Philip, uh, the listeners may not know this, but the first time I met you, and I we talked about this uh, last week, I was actually tongue-tied when I met you, and your response was, "What happened?" <laughs> What happened exactly? I, I guess I, I probably was a bit dismayed because I couldn't believe why you'd be tongue-tied, and I certainly wasn't aware of it. So you hit it very well. <laughs> yeah, that, like for me, I, I've very fond memories uh, of you. You know, growing up watching you play rugby, and so much so, mm. I think early days in the pandemic, I sent you a picture of my old nineteen uh, nineties Irish rugby jersey, which. When I meet you in person, you're definitely going to sign. So we've built up a relationship uh, over the last uh, few years, which has been great. And uh, we're quite aligned on some of our philosophies and our approaches and and frameworks. And uh, sometimes that have been over coffees and sometimes uh, over beers. Right. Where you. uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah, where you've... you've I was, I was playing it. Elder Statesman again, wasn't I? Um, you, you're a different form of tongue-tied then. <laughs> I know. I was I, you into a taxi. <laughs> that is correct. You did put me into a taxi, uh, but it was great crack all the yeah. same. And, you know, I, I'm stretching here, right? But yeah. uh, hopefully now I can call you a peer, you know, uh, if, yeah, if that's not too much of a stretch. Absolutely. A peer and a mate as well. Yeah, thank you for that, Philip. I really appreciate that. And... Our topic today is mm. the importance of purpose yeah. in leadership. So mm. in, in terms of that, what, what does that mean to people? How would you explain that from the outset? Well, so it's a really interesting thing, isn't it? Because what I find is I'm running leadership programs or if I'm coaching people or working with teams who, who, who lack a purpose, it's often something they've never really thought of before. I don't know if you can cast your mind back to your first experience of leadership. I certainly can um, and I wasn't at all clear around why I wanted to lead and what it is that I wanted to take action on. What what impact did I want to have? Um, can you remember that yourself? I mean, your first, if you cast your mind back to your career and that first leadership position that you're offered that you get. Yeah. Uh, what was, did you have a clear idea about what you wanted to achieve through your leadership? I think, I think it was, it was more long, more 
short term objectives, get this yeah. task done yeah. rather yeah, than purpose. Exactly. I think purpose yeah. is a bit deeper, um, but I kind of knew, but I didn't have that clarity, if I'm honest, mm. you know, and it's, it's only later on when I reflect back, I was kind of going, well, that would have made a big difference yeah. if I had that yeah. clarity. Yeah. Well, the impact of having purpose, and I can certainly remember my my first experience of leadership was it was precisely the same as yours. It was these objectives need to be to be achieved, et cetera, et cetera. Why did I want it? I probably I probably didn't want it because I had a, a strong desire to lead. It was probably because that's the next stage in my career. Um, I have kind of a broad idea about where I want to go, and to do that, I need to I need to talk start taking responsibility for for managing people i need i need to take greater responsibility but i didn't have a real sense of my purpose that was that was something that really evolved and and to be frank about it it's it's very contextual to the point where i can certainly remember trying to ape other people's kind of values and purpose and the impact on me i've made so many mistakes in leadership william that I, but that means i've learned a hell of a lot so yeah i can i can certainly cast my mind back to where leadership for me has really gone wrong is actually trying to ape somebody else's values and purpose mm. or as great and effective as they were and yeah. and then, then contrast the difference when I'm really clear about leadership wanting it and the why that I want it in terms of what I really want to achieve for my leadership and the difference was incredible and the impact on others was incredible so being really clear about this, A, makes us so much more effective, but other people see that as well. And, and it becomes authentically who we are. And it's our guiding star then when we get challenged on certain things that that's a no-go for me. So, I mean, when you look at what you're doing now, that there's obviously a clear, whether you've sat down and thought about it, say, here's my purpose, but you, there is a real sense of purpose about you, isn't there, and, and what you do. And I hope, you know, you'd, you'd kind of same. You'd say the same with me. There's, yeah. We, we, we've talked about this a fair bit, you know, somewhat abstractly, haven't we? Without calling it purpose, yeah. But you must have a very good sense of purpose in your work at the moment. Yeah, for me, you know, and I, I sometimes link my purpose to my legacy, you know, right. in terms of my yes. leadership legacy, and I talk a, a lot about that in terms yeah. of, you know, uh, you know, because obviously I'm. I own my own business, you know, and, and likewise to you. And for me, you know, to have that guiding star is, is actually, it actually came from my uncle. Um, right. When my uncle passed away, a lot of these stories came out of the woodwork right. about yeah. uh, my uncle TJ, right? And it right. was how he was kind of like a, a secret millionaire, even though he wasn't a millionaire, but he used oh, to okay. help people out in, in, in business, yeah. you know, um, he used to put people up who were hit hard times. He, he had a, a holiday at home and different things like that, that he did. And I was like, you know, people come up to me afterwards, you know, after the funeral, a lot of these stories I hadn't known and none of his children, you know, I, I don't mm. think so either. Um, and I remember being so proud of that legacy that right. he left okay. behind. And for okay. me, then I see that as, is, is part right. of my purpose is to yeah. make an impact for yeah. others to make a real difference. So that's, yeah. I suppose, where Yellow would come, came from yeah. to, to take a different path. So for me, my legacy will be, you know, and this is part of my purpose is what would people say to my sons when they're older, okay. you know, Excellent. Okay. and that, that's my own. Yeah. So you've got a real, and that's authentically you, isn't it? And I can yeah. tell by when you're talking about that, how meaningful that is for you. 
And and what we're saying here is that having that clarity, it's not for its own sake because it has consequences. And and mm. here are the consequences. So that if for me, my my purpose has always been uh, around learning, but learning for myself and also for learning for others. There's nothing more fulfilling for me than seeing members of staff or members of the team really growing um, and developing themselves because uh, that can be challenging at times, accepting mm. who we are now and stepping into discomfort around learning new things, et cetera, et cetera. But that, that, that's been hugely fulfilling for me. And the other then thing that relates to an organization, if I'm leading an organization, I want to leave this organization in a much better place. It's a little bit like what you said around legacy, but I really want to help get this organization to a much better place. And it's not just um, uh, a temporal thing around a better place while I'm here. This is a sustaining thing, like get it on the right trajectory, the right path. And that's hugely important to me. But why, why are the consequences to that? So I'd ask you the question, if, if, you, if I was a leader and without telling you that what I really, my, per, my whole purpose here in this organization is to set this organization on a better path and to allow the, the, all of us to really grow and develop and learn together, what would you, if, if, you, if you knew that about me, mm. then what do you think the impact would be uh, around following that in other words aligning yourself to that kind of a purpose i think the impact um maybe initially might be uncomfortable for people because there's a mindset shift long term you know i think it's there and it's really about that followership is it's that first follower principle you need someone to to follow you don't you um there otherwise are you really a leader yeah um and i think if you have that clarity of purpose i think for me to be that first follower i think i need to be encouraged then as well to say listen yes what is my own purpose absolutely absolutely so in other words if my soul my one of my major parts of my purpose is to see people grow and develop i am going to challenge but i'm going to be hugely supportive as well so in other words, I'm not a leader that is there because I want the glory, the ego, the status, the, the money. Because if, if I lead, if I was to share my purpose with you and I was somebody that was leading for status and ego um, and, and money and lifestyle, do you think which is the more compelling uh, leader to follow if I'm, I want to leave this organization, a bit like servant leadership, the, the prime yeah. focus of my leadership? organization or society or the, or the team uh, and I want to see you grow and develop which or I'm going to be do you know what I, you, this is a career step for me and I just want to be really successful for myself which is yeah. the which what type of followership are those two um, purposes going to cultivate yeah and like the way I would perceive that and this is the way I my lens on this is is that mm. if you focus on a person's potential or a team's potential or an organization potential success will follow a hundred percent and do you know what the research bears that out yeah because we know that when when leaders are really clear about their purpose their leadership philosophy and their values it's not that they specifically say that to people but they they're clear about it themselves and therefore that becomes their guide when they have dilemmas or when they're talking with people, when they're leading the organization, if they're really clear about that purpose, we know 
that they rate themselves. Now, this is this is their rating. They rate themselves as twenty percent more effective than those who report not being clear about their purpose. But the big win here is that we know that followers, we know that followers from the research, when they're following a leader who is really clear about their philosophy, their purpose, and their values, are forty percent more effective. Team spirit is higher. Pride, commitment, motivation, trust. All, all of that impact and effectiveness is so much more elevated when the leader is is clear about their purpose, the reason for wanting to lead. Uh, and it's a, it's a, I've had this, I, I've been kind of thinking about this for, for an awful lot of my, my adult life now, and particularly as I've gone into various leadership positions. Um, and, and it's been heartening as a kind of a leadership practitioner in industry, et cetera, and as a, a captain of, of the Ireland rugby team to actually see now as a kind of a, a consultant that, that all of the kind of the research backs, backs up the, the, the compelling case for, for leaders to really think about what it, why do they want to lead? Mm. Would, would the team pick me if they were allowed to? Would, would I be the leader that they would choose? So yeah. it's kind of like become the leader others would choose to follow. Um, and, and I really love that saying. Yeah. And then, like for me, when you hear a lot of people in your coaching sessions, okay, and they talk about, well, what kind of leader you are, and what's your purpose? It's a bit like that powerful question. It really makes them sit back yeah. in the chair, doesn't it? And you can see yeah. you, you could have hit them between the eyes with that question oh, yeah. that, that it really stuns yeah. them. And, and then when they go through it, then they're, they're kind of start questioning, okay, well, that culture piece, well, maybe I'm not allowed to be my true self in the culture of the organization. Right. And it's because of, well, it could be because there's um, the power distance because HQ is in, you know, Europe or US or whatever. And they feel you have to be a, a certain way in that environment to thrive and to drive the business forward. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, uh, that's a really interesting one. And I think having that personal purpose is really, really important because you may find yourself, and as I talk to to people in in, in in industry that I'm working in whatever context, this comes up an awful lot. This feeling that I'm a little bit out of step, and they may not be the only one, with the pervasive leadership culture of the organization. In other words, I, I might be somebody who is a very engaged, empathetic, um, person-centered per- person who really does want to challenge people. Uh, I'm not... I'm not so affiliative that I can't give them some uh, give them some hard messages, but the the organisation doesn't seem to uh, invest the time or see the importance of uh, le- seeing leadership as a relationship and and leaders making personal connections and understanding the the different needs of followers. So I may find myself out of step. Now, for me, if that's that's a, it's a strong part of my purpose that that kind of learning and developed and therefore that connection with with everybody. I'm going to do it anyway, mm. and that, and and if I'm if that causes friction, well, then I'm going to do it anyway. Because once you step over the line into aping or complying with somebody else's values or purpose that that is contra, uh, and I think and very very directly contra to what you believe and what you value, you then begin to erode your values. You get you then begin to lose that sense of yourself, your north star. Yeah. And and you then become just like the rest. Um, 
I can <laughs> I can remember entering into one particular organization uh, that had a very strong culture and a very enlightened person who was welcoming and says, don't become like the rest of them, Philip. Um, he had he had obviously felt a little bit out of step himself. So clearly had my card marked a little bit, but I, I find a way to be authentic and, the, and, and being authentic, but also achieving the results. So in other words, with organizations like that, there's KPIs, there's objectives, there's things you sign up to. You've got to achieve those, but yeah. I'm going to do it the way I need to do it. That is true to yeah. myself. And sometimes that takes courage. Um, yeah. And I think that's what leadership is, is being is. able to step into that uncomfortable yeah. zone to say, you know what, this is me. You know, right. I'm being true to myself. These are my values. And saying that, it's it's having that balance between my values and the organization values and being able to identify them in some way to obviously have those guiding principles. Because I suppose we need a, uh, a collective framework or value system to operate from. And it's also then about that balance between high accountability and high support. And yes. and sometimes, you know, you're holding people to a high account, right? But then you might drop it down a little bit to be a bit more supportive, say, okay, allow me to understand what's going on here. You know, mm. and it's it is that it is that piece of understanding what's driving people's behaviors then as well, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because it, it's funny, people have a choice, don't they, whether they um they follow you or not. Well, we get this kind of sense because often as a leader, we've got the legitimate power to exercise control and say, well, I'm the leader. This is the call. And this is what I want you to do. And, yeah. and, 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 and that's legitimate uh, in many respects. Um, but if that's our sole toolkit, then we're going to, we're going to get a certain type of follower that actually a could be quite happy with that and quite dependent on just being told what to do. But what about those independent thinkers? What about those people that are capable of thought and they may have a talent that, that which you don't have um, in, 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 at that level? Uh, if we continue to use that legitimate power of leadership because we want, we want, we want absolute ob- obedience and control, we're going to alienate um, yeah. and we're going to create cynical independent thinkers. What we, need, yeah. what we really need to do is make a clear decision here. Uh, it's it's okay if my purpose is command and control and and I want to lead this the way I want to lead it and I want everybody following my lead uh, and, and doing what I say. That's one that's that's okay, but you're going to get a certain type of followership, and that's going to split into those that are com- very very compliant and those independent thinkers that are somewhat cynical and uh, and marginalized, and so you get you get the type of followership that your leadership cultivates. And my, yeah. my sole premise here is that if you're clear about your purpose and if your, your purpose is to be, or part of your purpose is to move the organization forward, for instance, and do it in a, a pretty inclusive, albeit challenging and accountable and supportive way, well, then you're, you're more likely than not going to encourage independent thinkers they're yeah. not going to become cynical and marginalized. You're going to get further followership. And that's, and that's what the research shows. The research shows that the, the leaders of that ilk are, are much more effective when it comes to commitments, engagements, motivation, all of those factors. I like that whole notion. It's kind of like I'm going to put the, this uh, phrasing on it. You reap what you sow. Oh, 100%. You, absolutely. Yeah. So if, you, if, you're, if you're there and you 
embed a certain value system into a team or belief system there you're having those honest conversations and i think really to get that purpose conversation there is you need to be very honest with yourself mm-hmm. you know one time you know people used to say you need to have a good long chat with yourself you know it's that reflective <laughs> piece isn't it yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. well you're absolutely right because we need we in, in these times, we're not reflecting enough. We're not standing back and observing ourselves um, and reflecting on ourselves. We're not doing that quite enough. And so those, those great questions like, well, what's, what do you really want to achieve for, the, for your leadership? Why do you want to be the leader? And what impact do you want to have is, whoa, gosh, I've actually never thought about that before. Yeah. Um, that they're such good questions and, and what i find is it takes a long time for for people to really f- unpick that and figure it out it's not something you sit down in half an hour and and nail it it's so it's it's a kind of a very deep thing and to be frank probably built on a, lo- a lot of experience around well that's not it it's not that <laughs> um and it's not this i'm getting a little bit closer to finding out what it is now that i can see what it isn't yes yeah. it's, it's for me it's so important because other followers whether you tell them or not will be getting a sense of your purpose by your actions your behaviors the conversations that you have or don't have with them they will get a sense of your purpose absolutely they will be able to articulate how they experience your purpose it seems to me you be you seem to be very very focused on this or that or this yeah. seems more important to you than that um, and if they're not part of that as followers, then it's kind of like, you know, you're us, we're not part of your purpose, it, it seems, because it doesn't seem to be a big part of your focus. Uh, and this, this is the question I would often phrase to people because it's mm. that whole uh, paradigm, if you want. Some people, you know, see it through the lens of management. Right. But really about leadership, you have to exercise that. It's a bit like the conversation we had last week about exercise, you know, and you were saying where uh, about about exercise, you really have to to test your muscles to see what they can do, you know, Um, isn't it? Totally. Uh, I I love that analogy around, um, you know, we talk about Dweck and the growth mindset and stepping into comfort, but it works at 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 an exercise level as well. For muscles to become strong, they have to be stressed. We have to actually work hard to the point of, you know, some level of pain. We can feel, God, the lactic acid is really building up here. I can feel my muscles straining. I can't do a single extra rep or I can't walk another, I can't run another step, uh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's through that discomfort that we get stronger and getting stronger grows the zone, our comfort zone. So we are growing the more we the more we ask of ourselves and of our our bodies our minds the more our capacity grows but it's not comfortable it, and pleasant and nice we have to i remember talking to Ender McNulty about this uh, he, um former armor football player and he's done some high performance work with the IRFU etc cetera, etc cetera. and he was he and I were talking about that you know high performance athletes and that zone of pain that when when that you know you need to enter as an athlete if mm. because that's the thing that defines um, the real strong athletes and the, the top performers is spending enough, spending enough time in that zone of discomfort that zone of pain and he and I both said say we relish getting to it. we want to get to it quickly yeah. because we know that's where the real improvements happen and we get stronger 
and we know that the guys who don't who, who actually don't want to spend much time there they're the guys in our wake so it's all so it's a very competitive thing yeah and the heart the more pain we experience we can see our competitors falling off behind us almost can't we because it's because yeah. we're doing it and they're not so and i think it's the same for for leadership stepping yeah. into that comfort you're, you're so like for me you know this is why i love chatting to you because we're very aligned in our philosophies there mm. and sometimes it's it's that whole thing of if if you make a soft choice like leadership is a choice if you take those soft mm. decisions uh there where maybe you're abusing your power in some way all right mm. you're over leveraging a type of power like that you know that positional power versus the personal power you know or or that exercising too much authority then you know it's really about for yourself then is to say okay right what is what is my purpose here what is the type of leader am i being here and if these people are reacting in a certain way to my leadership style, that's because I, I'm the generator of that culture. That's right. true. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. You look yeah. at them and you yeah. see yourself, you see your leadership in their eyes. You yeah. look at them and you observe them. But that, and as you said before, William, that requires that you step back, doesn't it? And reflect. It requires that you think what, what are the signs in them that tell me the type of leader I am? Because your, your leadership will be mirrored in them. They're, they're hugely compliant. They rarely challenge me. They, they rarely, if I say any questions, they rarely have any questions. But yet they don't, sem- they don't seem to deliver this, this, the, the sense of accountability and clarity around what needs to be done that I would like. So... I am the only person that can change that. And yeah. if I'm, if my purpose then is, or part of my purpose is to, to make sure that they, as, as I might have referenced, you know, support growth and learning, I'm going to be, I'm going to be asking, challenging them, say, you challenge me. Tell me where my thinking can be improved here, or let's mm. challenge each other. And, and now all of a sudden, I'm actually starting to cultivate a more challenging and and therefore discursive and diverse thinking and learning uh, system within the team because my my purpose is to see growth and learning and therefore mm-hmm. I need to involve them in that. Um, yeah. But but you're absolutely right. You, you, they're like a mirror, aren't they? Your, yeah. your followers when you when you when you look at them because it's yeah. all down to you. And I think that's why we were so eager to catch up for coffee or whatever, because we're eager to challenge each other, isn't it? You know, you might frame something to me and I go, well, hold on here, Philip. You know, how about looking at it this way? And likewise, then I'd invite you to that challenge there. And that's how you you have those strong relationships, isn't it? Absolutely. Because you really know you can trust someone if you can invite that challenge without personalizing it. And I think... That's the whole thing about leadership is uh, leaders sometimes avoid that challenge yeah. or sometimes they look at that person with limited potential. And the way I mean it is, is that that whole thing of unconditional positive regard, you know, right. so, you know, I, I've seen people kind of going, oh, you don't understand you, my team, you know, you don't understand what they're like, you know, and it, 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 I, I'm looking, I'm looking at it as like I can see potential at every single person yeah. they can see. Now, obviously, yeah. if they don't have competencies in certain areas, but everybody has a strength in some way. That's it's right. just about finding out what. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. That's one of those paradoxes you and I were talking about that before we before we got into this. Those paradoxes around 
if I if if, if as a leader um, I exercise power quite heavily uh, because I don't kind of trust the team or I feel as though the team, you know, they don't hold themselves accountable. Therefore, I do have to stand over them. Well, then maybe the, what what's missing there then is that, that well they know they're stand you're standing over them. They know that they don't have the autonomy. We know that you know what motivates people is having an, a, an amount of autonomy around the work that they do. We know that they want purpose. Why are we doing this? How does this link to, to where the org, what the organization yeah. is all about? They want that purpose. And they also want mastery. Daniel Pink, that yeah. short video would be a really yeah. good thing to watch when, you, when we begin to understand this. They want mastery. They want learning. So they want all those three things uh, to be motivated. So if we've got an issue with accountability, we've, as a leader, we've got to look at ourselves and that's symptomatic of something. And if we continue to treat symptoms uh, of accountability as uh, as the disease, which it's not. The disease is potentially my, the way I'm leading. If we treat symptoms and we say, right, I'm, if, if they're not holding themselves accountable, I have to stand over them. I have to yeah. ask lots of questions and I have to make sure that it's done. Mm. That is going to, that paradigm and that dynamic yeah. is going to continue unless you address the real issue. And that is around potentially the way I'm leading this team. Yeah. Um, and do they feel as though they have autonomy? Do they feel connected to, to a purpose in terms of purposeful work and why we're doing this? And are they learning? Because me standing over them, telling, telling them, do it this way, do it that way, or when is that done? That's not really learning. Yeah, and it, we talked about when we're getting, you know, people contact us to do corporate training. You know, yeah. myself and yourself do a huge amount of diagnostics with you know our diagnosis or analysis with the client um there because it's really fine you say you want this do you mind if i ask a question about you know and you're shining a light on the dark areas that people probably should be talking about and you you know they're you're they're they're changing their body language they're shifting around their seat that you're kind of going oh we're onto something here you know, and, and it's really about even at that level is the people showing leader to say, actually, what is the real conversation we need to have? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the real, you're dead right, because you and I can't be brought in to fix something. Um, the leader really has to has to be the prime driver of, of that. We can start yeah. to, you know, put a program together to, to, to try and open people's minds a little bit, disrupt their current thinking, et cetera, et cetera. But if they're going back into an organization that doesn't allow the expression of all of those capacities they're beginning to think about, well, then then it's never going to happen. And often, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've reflected on a group that's in the room. So I wish I had the, the leaders above in, in, in the same room. I wish I had them as well, because uh, a bit like a dog trainer being brought in to fix a dog's behavior, it's not really the dog <laughs> that we're in. It's the owner. It's the, yeah. because the dog will just, it will follow the owner. If the, if the owner is giving the right cues, consistency, fairness, clarity, all of those love, correction, all of that. Um, so what's a, I really like what you're saying there around that, because I've never quite thought of it before. You can actually look at your team and see the leader you are. That's a lovely, a lovely way of looking at things, isn't it? Because I've talked yeah. about followership in the past, but, that notion of the mirror, i.e. your team is a mirror of your leadership. That's a, yeah. it's, it's a really nice, I'm going to use that. 
<laughs> well, you're very entitled to, to, to use it. And it's really about that. That's the coaching piece, isn't it? Because yeah. that's what we do as coaches is to say, listen, yeah. this is what you said. I'm just going to reflect back what I heard. Yeah. And it's about looking for those visual cues, those social cues, the body language of people, maybe what they're not saying, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's Absolutely. it's understanding the nuances there. And I think this is where the pandemic has really offered us an opportunity to really look hard at what was not working, what was missing, you know, and trying to find out, okay, where's the paths that we want to go? What is possible for the future? And it's about as a team is to navigate how we get there. But if you don't have that purpose, if you don't have that guiding star, you you can't bring people there. And, and what happened now is we went from a centralized location right to you know something that's very dispersed um and working in very networked teams all right and it's a different type of collaboration which is brilliant you know mm. i think you know people are in this we let's just keep going till we get back into the, the workplace but i think uh, yeah. real issues are going to start to emerge once we're back people are going to go hey hold on here now you know we're doing this here is not working anymore. And I do think there's going to be a lot of tension in the workplace when they go back in. And there's probably a lot of um, underlying tension as it is because, you know, working virtually is is created different tensions. It has. And I think, again, I'll bring this back to leadership because uh, you know, I was working with a group yesterday and there were two kind of schools of thought coming through. And, and one school of thought was, we're going to have to suspend all the team leaders, all that team kind of stuff and building trust and stuff like that until we get through this and get back into, um, you know, face-to-face work. Okay. Anybody else got a view on that? And the contra view was absolutely not. I'm finding greater connection with the people in my team virtually than I had in the workplace. And, and the reasons behind that was I see them in their bedrooms, in their kitchens, and uh, I see them in their dining room table. I see paintings on the wall. I see kids in the background, partners, dogs. I don't see any of that in the workplace. And it's given us an opportunity to connect in a very different way, to see the whole person. And it's just amazing how some some leaders see those two very, very differently. Some see it as, I can't make eye contact. I can't establish rapport. So it can't be done in this environment. And I'm going to have to wait until this, this passes. And another leader faced with precisely the same situation has become closer because that leader has actually been able to see and engage with the whole person and therefore been able to show vulnerability and which leads to trust. We all know that Lencioni talks about that. And for me, a, a big part of my leadership has always been that connection. I really want to connect with people and understand them um, and, and vice versa so that we can have honest trust-based relationships so I can challenge you and I can also support you, obviously. Um, but, but some leaders are seeing this as an opportunity. This is better. Yeah. So it's really, so it's down to the leader, isn't it? In terms yeah. of who you really are. If, you, if you're a highly connected person and you're genuinely and sincerely interested in people, you start to see all these things in their lives. You start to see the whole person, appreciate the whole person, and that builds trust. Now you've got a foundation to be really honest with them and say, you know what, here's what I really appreciate about you, but here's, here's what I see more of from you as well. Yeah. So, and without it being defensive, because yeah. we've, we've got that deeper connection now. So it's all down to you and your leader, your leadership and how you are. Um, yeah. And you've got a, a huge opportunity to, to influence all of those relationships. And I think it's, it's 
the pandemic has allowed people to humanize, yeah. you know, and to, re, as you say, create those uh, connections. And I think Absolutely. for leaders, you know, and, and we've often discussed, discussed this is how do you connect with yourself? Because if you were like constantly run, 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 pace, 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 operator mode, you know, if you kind of connect with yourself and understand what's driving your own behavior, how are you going to connect with others and how will they connect with you? So, you know, it does go back to the, the self and, you know, that leadership piece is, is sometimes people think leadership is all about leading from the front. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's about, you know, stepping back and allow others flourish. And I think, Absolutely. you know, if people have hidden skills and hidden strengths and hidden talents that emerge, the pandemic say, oh, I didn't realize you could do this, you yeah. know, um, yeah. and, and, and it's tapping into that hidden potential of yourself and hidden potential of others. I, I, I totally agree. But how do you do that? I mean, for me, it's like exercise. It's diary and it's scheduled um, yeah. and, and because I'm committed to it. Um, yeah. Now, it can be difficult. A lot of people with exercise like to have a, a jogging buddy. So a lot of people with reflection in terms of, you know, and yeah. it, you could combine the two. Uh, if you do have a jogging buddy, you can start to, t- you can start to reflect and think out loud to your jogging buddy. Somebody who yeah. you trust, who knows you and understands yeah. the leadership dilemmas. And you can talk about this. I mean, some people go and have a coach because they 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 want to yeah. they want clarity on a, on a lot of stuff and they want to confidence because leadership can be lonely at times. Yeah. But finding somebody else to, like we're doing now, I mean, um, precisely what we're doing now, William. We're 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 engaging and talking with each other. and We're getting some clarity yeah. on certain things. That yeah. thing that I've now got clarity on around the mirror and seeing your leadership in the and uh, by looking at your followership, um, things emerge when you put two brains together and start start conversing and exchanging ideas and thoughts. So yeah. do that, but commit to it. And if you yeah. make a commitment to somebody else, well, then it's 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 harder to actually break the commitment. It's easy to break a commitment to yourself, isn't it? When oh god, yeah. I better do this. I haven't got time for that. But yeah. if you've made a commitment, if you're truly committed. Yeah. to figuring some of this stuff out for yourself, then bring somebody else into that. And maybe they'd like to do that too. So there's a bit yeah. of, you know, peer-to-peer reflection going on and talking about your dilemmas, your challenges. I Even better if it's from a different organization or a different industry. Yeah, and I, there's, there's different ways, you know, like like yeah. journaling is quite good in terms yeah. of externalizing your thoughts. Some people much prefer to to talk it out and process it. And, and I'm like that, like I, I have my own coach uh, as well. And I've some wonderful business partners as well, you know? Um, and, you know, I even have a, a client and all they want to do is go for a walk. And it's brilliant for me because I get my 10,000 steps in. Uh, they're quite a fast walker um, and, and people process in different ways. So it's really about finding, you know, your own way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And something that's coming to mind is this issue of um, of learning um, yeah. and getting outside your comfort zone and making mistakes and learning from them. Yeah. Uh, my uh, two views of, you know, if I look back on my career, I could look back on all the mistakes that I've made. And believe me, I've made so many mistakes. And look and say, this is at the learning and and really knowing the importance of the learning because of the mistakes and sometimes the consequences of those mistakes. Yeah. But it means I've learned to help a lot. 
Um, and that's the way I look at it. And that's that thing around purpose for me is learning. Um, yeah. Because we've got, if we're going to have an impact greater than we're currently having, we're going to have to change something and we're going to have to step into something new. In other words, discomfort. And it's, yeah. it's going to feel risky, but we're going to have to show that we're going to have to find the courage to do it. If we're going to, if we're going to progress, if we're going to change, if we're going to lead change, we, we have to now more than ever. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's having those, discussion. sorry, Philip, it's, it's having those habits in place, isn't it? You know, it's that discipline yeah. of being able to reflect or, you know, that discipline to be in that learning mindset or, you know, to be vulnerable. These are all little habits and we need to stack those habits all together. So we have that when times are hard that, especially like now that we have that, you know, habit there so we can be composed, you know, and have that composure in challenging times, you know, and that's where, Absolutely. you know, meditation comes in. That's why I talk about connecting with yourself, you know, and um, it's, it's funny. I, I recently did a podcast on neuroscience and they are talking about how much more that if you focus more on that mediation, uh, I'm sorry, meditation, all right, slip of the tongue yes. there, um, that it really has so much positive effects and the evidence is there to prove it and the science backs it up. Yeah. Uh, can, yeah. can I ask, is exercise a bit mm. like that for you or? Yes, I some of my I'll give you an example as recent as yesterday. I was um, presented with uh, we're all set up to do a piece of client work towards the end of this week, and then mm. the client calls up and says we've got a problem with X, Y, and Z. We're going to need to change tack. And uh, what, what's Plan B? And I'm thinking, right, I'm going to need some time to figure this out. I'll get back to you, um, and we'll we'll chat this morning. We're going to talk this morning. So I went out on my bike because I know the. Well, I kind of intuitively now know, and I know that so much of my clarity uh, comes through exercise. So I regularly in the evenings, I'm out on the bike for anywhere between 40 minutes to an hour. And it came to me on the bike as I'm exercising, uh, what we need to do. Um, so I emailed them last night and now we've got something tangible to talk about this morning. Now, if I've been sitting stewing here, um, that may have come eventually, but I certainly wouldn't have got the uh, the benefits of physical exercise as well. So for me, reflection and, and exercise come together. So I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a, killing two birds with one stone there. I'm getting a real bang for my buck in terms of the benefits of exercise and the space for reflection. And so, so I've just got to make sure I don't get run over in the meantime because I'm off some of my head somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, so it was a bit of a balance between being alert to what's to the present, if you like, and being, you know, complete, completely uh, distracted by an idea or a thought. So, yeah, I can identify with that. I had a couple of near misses in, in, in Galway, uh, across, cycling across the Quincentennial Bridge and, and just completely in the world of my own as cars stream by, um, you know, beeping at me. So yeah. we're coming to the near the end of the podcast now, yeah. Philip, and... You know, is there any key takeaway points that you would like our listeners then to reflect on or what are the kind of the key the key insights there? Yeah, key, a key summary. One, one, one additional one that we haven't mentioned yet. The key is really be clear about what your purpose is and your, your philosophy. What type of leader are you uh, and what type of leader do you really want to be? Leadership requires a little bit of ego. You have to want to lead for the right reason. And when I say ego, I don't mean... I want the badge, I want the kudos, and I want the money. You have to believe that 
you're the best person to lead to make an impact, that this team is going to be well served by, by you at the helm, by you, by you leading it. And you have to be really clear about your, your leadership philosophy and the whole purpose in terms of your raison d'etre. Why are you leading and what is it that you want to take action on? Because whether you like it or not, as you quite so eloquently put, your followers will figure that out. They'll have a pretty good idea if you're not clear um, and if it's not something that actually engages them. If it doesn't motivate and inspire them, it doesn't give them autonomy, mastery and purpose, well, then they're not, you're not going to have as motivated a team as you want. Okay, thank you for that, Philip. Really appreciate it. And if people were to get in contact with you, then how might they do so? Oh, LinkedIn is just a great place to contact, isn't it, William? I just give give one. Um, it'll always get, I'll always be there. Okay, okay, very good. So, Philip, that is all we have time for today. I thank you so much for coming on to the Workplace Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. You're very welcome. That's it for this episode of the Workplace Podcast. My special thanks to this week's guest for a wonderful discussion. If you want to get in contact with a podcast about a workplace topic or a particular challenge that you're facing, contact me via Twitter at Different Paths. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, William Corless, C-O-R-L-E-S-S, or go to my website, www.yellowwood.ie. Yellowwood your external learning and development partner, provider executive coaching, facilitation and training. Take a different path to success with your career, leadership, team and organization.